Praise God. Christy, will you go ahead and, and start putting some of those pictures up? I got some pictures. I was talking to Bethany uh, this morning, first thing, and she was talking to me about what's been going on. And, you know, it's this, this whole thing's been crazy. The orphanage has been shut down to no outside people coming in. But once you've got the orphanage there and all the people, I mean, you know, you, you're our, you're whatever you want to call it, a closed cell, you know, right? I mean, you're, nothing's being introduced. And so a lot of the teachers sacrificed and people started just staying there at the orphanage and living there at the orphanage of the workers because they didn't want to go outside and come back. And Guatemala's been real strict. They have everybody zoned in to where you have to have papers to go outside your zone. And if you're caught outside after four o'clock, they literally take you and arrest you and put you in jail. And so it's just been really nuts so trying to get stuff done. But we'd already sent money down in uh, January, yeah, January, to get the, the, the second part of the second phase of the school done. This, it was the middle section between the existing school and the ministry house. There was a middle section that has never been finished for years. And so these pictures here, and just run back through them or whatever as I'm talking. These pictures here, what we've been doing. So work has been going on. Your dollars are being spent. We're getting things done because this is going to be where all the computer science department goes, all the rest of the uh, next levels of the school go because, you know, now we're, we're taking the school to a new level for our kids so that we don't have to take them into Chamontenango or do anywhere else. We're going to do it at there. And so these are the floors. These are everything that's being built in that whole section that's getting done. So praise God for that. Amen. And so we've got more to do. You can see there's windows that need to be put in and doors. And, uh, you know, so I've, I'm sending some more money down this week to get it going. And uh, looking good, though. Praise God, man. I was really blessed because this week, if you went to What Matters or got What Matters uh, email or whatever you call it, um, it, it, it told about this little girl, Paola, who came to the orphanage when she was 18 months old. And then she, they had her quinceanera down there. She's 15. And when I saw that, I was just like, wow, I can remember when she came. But just thinking about now she's 15. And you got to understand what we're doing down there in Guatemala is literally, you know, I mean, here's a perfect example. This girl was just, her life was going to be nothing. But she got into Casa Angelina. Her whole life been raised there. Now she's 15. She's a beautiful young lady. She's learning. She's growing. She's getting educated. She's going to come out of there as a giant for Jesus. Amen. And I just love it. I love it when I see that. It just blesses me so much to know that everything we're doing is going good. God's blessing it. Something I want to talk to you about this morning about is about Kenya. Now, I'm, a, I'm really miffed. And I'm trying to keep myself into a righteous state in, in this thing. But, you know, we got the money to buy the property for Kenya. We sent the money over there. Everything was there. We went to the attorney to get it done. And the guy backed out at the last minute and supposedly sold it to another person. They were trying to milk us for more money. I sold it to hide a higher place over here. And so, but then that all fell through. And so this guy's playing wickedly. And, uh... So, you know, I kind of want to go to Kenya with a bat and show them how people in Texas operate when you welch on deals. But uh, anyway, we need to pray. We need to be praying that God's going to bring this thing all to pass. Everything's sitting there. The finances are sitting there. It's just literally he has to um, do what he said he's going to do. Amen. And so we need, we're going to have that. We got that fight. But I know prayer works. Amen. I know the angels do better jobs than I do. And so, praise God, we just need to keep praying about that. In the meantime, Kenya's been really hit hard with uh, the coronavirus because their immunity system, I guess, is so compromised anyway. And so there's people dying all around our church there. And, and the, the uh, Faith and her husband who pastor the church there, they're just busy going in and out and feeding a thousand people a day just as much as they can get food out and because people don't, they were already in 30% poverty. I mean, 30% unemployment. And, and then, then now that this has happened, so then there's the rest of the group. And so those that did have a job don't have a job. And it's just a mess. It's a big, giant mess. There's a lot of hungry people, 
lot of starving people. And so they're doing everything they can to, to feed and to bless and to go on like that. So y'all keep that in your prayers. Amen. Because no devil in hell is going to steal from us. Huh? Amen. Can I have an amen on that? That's right. Ain't no devil in hell going to steal from us. We're going to get that property. We're going to turn that thing into a giant feeding center. We're going to bless them. And that's just the way it is. Amen. And so we will see the victory on that one. So praise God. Amen. Good things. Good things. So be praying for Kenya. Be praying for Guatemala. Uh, this is the month that we always get hit with a lot of expenses because they, uh, the government requires us that you hire a person. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. You hire a person and you negotiate the salary and that's the salary. But then it's divided up per month. And then you, every year in June, you have to pay them an extra month. You pay for 13 months wages and there's only 12. I'm like, what? So anyway, so we're always hit with a big expense bill this month. And so y'all just be praying for finances to be coming in for that and, and blessings coming in because, man, we ain't stopping. We're too far down the road to stop right now. Amen. So praise God. So anyway, get your Bibles out this morning. We are going to go to the Word of God. And I want you to go to Psalms 92. That's where we're going to start this morning. Title of this message is The Squirrel Syndrome. You know, uh, there was a movie out, a little kid's movie. Uh, I don't know when it came out years ago. It was called Up. And there was this. I don't know if you saw it, but if you didn't, you'd ought to go watch it. I mean, I like to watch kids' movies more than I like anything else. And, you know, there was this d talking dog on there. The dog, they had a, a voice collar. And so the dog could talk. And so he's talking to the guy as a, you would think a dog would talk, you know. And he's talking to the man. And he's saying, oh, I love you. I love you. He's your master. And I'll say, squirrel. And then he goes back because, you know. If you ever have had a dog, you can do that. The dog can just be sitting there just wagging his tail. He say, squirrel. And I'll say, oh squirrel where's the squirrel and I think that's what's going on in the world today I think right now that there's so many things going on you know I mean we just l listen to me folks there's something going on listen listen there's something just hear me I'm not being conspiracy theory this morning I'm just saying there's something going on when we're rocking along in the world everybody's doing good we're just trudging along it's 2020 perfect vision everything's great all of a sudden oh my god everybody lock down in your house because you're going to get the coronavirus and die drop dead this week. oh <laughs> hello get away from everybody Social distance. Don't get close to anybody. Holy cow. Don't breathe the air. Get a mask. Put a mask on. Don't go anywhere without a mask. And so then it didn't happen quite this, like they said, reported and reported. Hundreds of thousands of people dead in the street. I mean, they had it. They had it. I mean, come on. If you read the headlines and looked at it, it was as if they were going to have dump trucks going through town, hauling dead bodies off. It was just going to be the worst thing in the world. And, you know, so far... We haven't even reached the flu season, the normal death rate in the flu season, okay? So, so then it's, it's uh, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel! And then, boom, riots, protest. Do you hear anything about coronavirus anymore? It is like a byword. You don't even hear nothing on there. You go in there, you got to look it up, see who's got the virus. Now, they don't talk nothing about nothing. Oh, man. That really, you know, talk about spreading coronavirus when you got all the people piled in there protesting, you know. Oh, but we passed out masks before they went and protested, so it'll be okay. But you don't hear anything about coronavirus. So all I'm saying is there's a lot of things going on in this world. Everything just keeps screaming, squirrel, 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 squirrel. Well, what happens is if you keep looking for squirrels, you get off track. Hear what I'm saying? If you keep looking for squirrels... You're going to get off track. Now, there is nobody. Like, one of the things that I have to really watch is all the conspiracy theorists, okay? Because when I read any of that kind of stuff, I'm the kind of person that falls into it and says, man, that probably is right. I very rarely doubt it, okay? And so then I have to bring myself. That's why I have a, a, a God gives you a helpmate, and my helpmate brings me back onto track and says, no, get off, Rob. You know, get back over here on track. And, because... I've seen too much. I've seen too much of the craziness and the wickedness of people and, the, and, and, and what people will do for money. 
I can just tell you, if you could unveil the curtain, if you could pull the curtain back of the squirrel, the, 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 the squirrel yellers that are yelling, squirrel, if you could just pull the curtain back somewhere in Bob's money. It's always money. Money is the root of all evil, okay? The love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. It's always down at the bottom of everything. People loving money, wanting money, wanting power, wanting that, and that's always it. You pull the curtain back, that's what it's going to be. You know how the Wizard of Oz, you remember the Wizard of Oz? And, you know, they pull the curtain back, and it was just a guy back there pulling levers, you know, making the big smoke and all. The guy back there pulling the levers, doing that, he's trying to get money. Hello? It's like if somebody calls you on the phone, we have a free offer for you. They ain't nothing free. Just give, just hang up the phone. So the catch somewhere. They're going to either take your name, your email address, and sell it, make more money off it than what their gift they're giving you. They're going to do something. They are not giving you anything free, folks. Hello? Come on, you know, I'm preaching good. If not, I'm just meddling well. So it says here, so I want to address this. Last week I preached a message about what if. I think it was probably the greatest, most practical message ever preached. What if, dealing with the, 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 the enemy, the game of playing what if. The second thing, I, I, and then I talked about Wednesday night, I talked about the other game, the game of condemnation. You'll have to just go read that, read that, watch that on uh, Wednesday message I did. And, but tonight, not tonight, today, I want to go on. I don't know if it's the same thing. It's just another message, the squirrel syndrome, okay? Do you know that it really is a squirrel syndrome? Do you know that you can go search on the internet, just type in squirrel syndrome and watch all that comes up? That people have taken this, they've gone to it, uh, uh, psychologists and all kinds of stuff have gone and done this, even financiers, financial people, you know, have gone in and, and talked about the squirrel syndrome that when people see it, what do you, what's up with the stock market? You ever think about that? Stock market, you know, something happens and the stock market goes down. And then something else happens, the stock market goes up. Uh, well, again, that sounds to me like pretty much a squirrel syndrome. Everybody's just looking at the, what the squirrel, you know, and so they run and go for it. Okay, so I want to help you this morning on not, not getting distracted by the squirrel syndrome. Okay, so this may be a, a carry-on of the last two messages. I don't know. You're taking notes, I hope. Put it down. Do something with it, all right? I'm just preaching this morning. Psalms 92.13. Familiar scripture here, but I want to look at it. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, everybody say planted, shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. Oh, see, I used to not care much about scriptures like that. When I was young, I didn't think much about those kind of scriptures. Now, as I've gotten older, I want to bear fruit. And I like scriptures that says, you know, and they'll still bear fruit in their old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Amen? Okay. It says those that are planted in the house of the Lord. Planted means you got roots in it. Uh, a few years ago, the kids gave us a, a tree. And uh, so, you know, it's kind of hard when I live on the side of a cleachy hill to plant a tree. But we, you know, I went and I dug and I excavated this out. Then I went down and I got some dirt and poured the dirt in the hole. Then I put the tree in there and then we covered it up like that. So I knew it'd have a little bit to make a root ball because it had some dirt in there. And so this tree for years, I don't know how long it's been out there. Well, maybe five years, something like that. Five years I've been watching this little tree out there. And so I, I have always noticed that when I sit in my easy chair and I look out my window or the door there, I can see the tree. And the top of the tree was always about the door handle because my house is higher than this is planted on a lower down. It was just right there. And then the other day, I just happened to look out there, and that thing is like grown four foot. And it just like overnight, it just shot up. And I was like, wow, I went up there and looked. And, you know, I mean, you know how you just walk by something all the time, you don't pay any attention. And then I got to notice it because I could measure it that that thing had just jumped. And so I got to thinking, I said, I wonder if it finally, you know, after all these years, it's been developing its root system, then finally it got into something good. And really got going because, I mean, it just grew like gangbusters. And then this is when I started thinking about this scripture, and the Lord started speaking this to me, about being planted, not a pot plant. A pot plant looks pretty, and you can move it around, but it's not planted. It's not a permanent fixture. It's not in the ground with roots there that, you, you know, that, that have to be dug up, that is ingrained in there. Now, it says... Those people that are planted in the house of the Lord, there's something going to happen with them. They're going to flourish. 
They're going to do just what I saw that tree do. They're going to begin to flourish. But the secret is being planted. And I'm afraid that I see a lot of Christians today. And like when I preach this message, I know I'm going out to the world and everybody else watching that. that so don't, don't think I'm just trying to beat y'all over the head. Y'all came to church this morning, praise God. So, but listen to me. A lot of people don't want to be planted in one place because then that means commitment. They want, to, they want to be a pot plant and move around so they can just go wherever they want to. Well, problem with that is, is that it causes people to compromise their commitment. Now, I'm not talking about a church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about your commitment to the Lord. What happens is if you're not, if, if you're not, see, he goes on here and he says, they shall bear fruit in their old age and they shall be fresh and flourishing to, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in me. What is up with the world when the world wants to compromise their faith and their belief in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior? What's up when they want to just change and, 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 and rewrite the Bible? Compromise their, their well, I know, well, we might, let's just change that. We won't have that. We won't say that we really believe that because we don't want to hurt so-and-so's feelings. I'm sorry if so-and-so is not living towards according to the word of God. Well, we have to have stick to the rock. We have to stick to where we're planted. We have to stick to what is the truth, and we have to adjust around it, not try to get it to adjust to what we want to do. Pot plants want everything to adjust to them, their likes and their, their dislikes. Planted just says, here I am. This is what I believe. This is where I am. I shall not be moved. I've sunk my roots down in here. Lord, feed me the nourishment you want to feed me, and I'm going to grow, and I'm going to be a blessing. Psalms 1.1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf shall always, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. See, the Bible, we, 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 we try to mix and match it sometimes. We say, oh, yeah, brother, whatever you do will prosper. God said whatever you do will prosper. No, it says that the man that's planted by the rivers, whose roots are stuck down in the things of God, whatever he does shall prosper. But pot plants don't get that blessing. So I just heard a snicker. So y'all are all out there. Y'all think I'm talking about <sighs> pot plants. I caught it now. It took me a while. And those out there say, well, pot plants do prosper because we move them around. And we make big money off of them. Messing my message up. Potted plants. Help me, Jesus. Psalm 16, 8. I have set the Lord continually before me because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. The other day, you know, I, you're, 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 I'm telling you my story. I'm telling you my my experience, my, I'm, I'm always honest with y'all. I don't try to hide anything. There's no way I can be a hypocrite because y'all know everything about me and you, you either like me or you don't, all right? I'm not hiding anything. And so um, the other day, the Lord, he chastised me because he just said in a moment, he said, so you don't think I could prosper you? He said that to me and I was like almost offended. And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? I, I, I confess the scriptures all the time. I believe that all the time. What are you talking about? He said, well, then how come you were worried? And I felt pierced in my heart, you know, like, like I hadn't been faithful to the Lord. Like I, it's true. I got off. I started chasing a squirrel. I started looking over here at this and started chasing the squirrel. And I, 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 and I got to think, how could this happen? And how could this be? And doubt and unbelief got in my heart. I started to play what if. And then I realized I was walking in doubt. And the Lord challenged me on his, he was hurt. I could tell in his voice, he was like hurt that I wasn't having faith in him. And I thought to myself, how much 
As Christians, we just miss the love and the grace of God that he wants to bless us and help us and and work through everything with us. And he's like, I'm serious about this. And we're over there just flipping around chasing squirrels. Hello? We're over here freaking out, running ah, down the street. It's like the other day, I read an article. I don't know what this has to do with anything, but I'm going to tell you. I was so disappointed because I'd gotten so busy working. I said, I, I told my son, I said, this is crazy. I'm not going to work this hard anymore. We've got to do something. I said, I missed the greatest opportunity of life. I heard that a hundred armed men went and surrounded the Alamo because they didn't want the riders to come by there and, 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 you know, deface it. And I'm like, I didn't get the memo. Holy cow. If I could have been there, I, I would have, oh man. You want some of this? man? I mean, that would have been great. But I was so busy, I missed it. How many things are we so busy in life we miss God's wanting to bless us? How many things do we get so distracted chasing squirrels, worrying, fretting? Don't believe in that God's going to prosper us. Don't believe God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Because we let the devil talk us out of it. We let the devil talk us into saying, oh, well, you know, you know, God hadn't done this. God didn't do that for you. You know, I didn't see God move. And we get that little doubt and stuff goes into this and we start to play what if and it goes on there. Man. Psalm 16, 8 says, I set the Lord continually before me. He's at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. In other words, every day I kept the Lord before me. Every day I just said, uh, Jesus is bigger than a riot. Jesus is bigger than this problem. Jesus is bigger than that problem. Jesus is bigger than the coronavirus. Je-. You see what I'm saying? That's what he was doing. The David writing the Psalm said, that's how I made it in life. I just set the Lord before me every day and said, Lord, you're bigger than this. What does he say? I'm paraphrasing here. Jesus said, man, you're in the family now. Don't be worried. Take my yoke. Put on my vestment. Take, take my authority and, and, and come. And, and man, don't be tired. Don't be burdened. Don't be weary. I'll give you rest. But we as Christians act like we're just like everybody else in the world. Because the reason why is we're not planted. We're just potted plants. Hello? We're not, we're not, we're not got our roots sunk into it that this is it. There is no other option. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you. Through philosophy and empty deceit. Squirrel, squirrel. According to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. The Apostle Paul is writing this to the church in that day. And so what I'm saying to you, it's no different than today. They were going through the same thing. Don't get go in the squirrel syndrome. Don't get distracted Don't let them cheat you with the philosophies of the world's and the world's ways, not according to how Christ has taught you, not according to what the word of God says, but you have to be rooted and grounded in him. The pressure in the world today to cave is pretty, pretty powerful. The pressure in the world to just be, not be a conservative, not, not believe the word of God's true. Not believe the Bible's true. But it says we've got to be rooted in him. Rooted in him. All right? So now go to Ephesians chapter 3, 14. Ephesians three fourteen. For this reason, Apostle Paul's writing in church at Ephesus. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, not being rooted and grounded in love. Not be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the breadth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see what Paul says there? He said, I bow my knee to no one except Jesus Christ. 
In other words, I'm not letting anything get in my way, distract me, get me off. I am rooted and grounded in Christ. I bow my knee to no one but Jesus. And as I bow my knee to no one but Jesus, well, then I'm telling you what? He said, I am rooted and grounded where I need to be, and I'm going to have victory. Folks, listen to me. We're in a day and a time right now that you better know who you're going to bow your knee to. You better wake up and begin to look around and see, man, I ain't bowing my knee to nobody but Jesus. You better get in there and be watching and looking at what's going on because there's a lot of distractions and a lot of demonic activity going on that's trying to get you to bow your knee to other things that is not Jesus Christ. It's not the right path. And I want to tell you something. When you're rooted and grounded in Christ, you know what kind of fruit you're going to bear. And when you know that well, that's the kind of fruit that God would bear... Because think about it. How many Christians forever since Jesus was on earth, how many Christians have died, been martyred, standing because they bow their knee to no one but Jesus? Folks, I, I would like to paint a picture for you that it's all nice and rosy and that Christians always, you know, escape right at the last minute. I'd like to tell you that, you know, uh, everything's going to be peachy. But you ought to, if nothing else, go order the book, buy the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs. And if you've never read Fox's Book of Martyrs, you should. It's a book that goes over the, the history of the church and men and women who stood in the face of adversities of life and would not bow their knee. And they gave their lives in, in very horrible ways to keep proclaiming and professing Jesus is the Lord. Amen. Now I'm like all of you. I like comfort and I don't, you know, I don't particularly care for barbecue when I'm it. Okay. But on the other hand, I, I got to have the reality of knowing that, you know, there's a lot of people gone to heaven and glory as martyrs. Well, I just know this. You better start getting it down right now. In your heart, who do you believe in? And is it real? See, folks, I think a lot of people are just religious. I think a lot of people are just religious. They just got a name of a church. They just got a name of a denomination they're associated with. They're not. They're religious. But as soon as they're talking about martyrs, man, they're out of there. And there's a lot of people that want to live righteously in the sense of a moral uh, uh, some sort of a moral compass, but they don't, when, it, when, when anything gets on to their, you know, where they don't really want to go, then they're just going to abandon ship. And what Jesus is looking for is some rock solid Holy Ghost Christians that stand up and say, listen, if it's in the Word of God, I believe it. If it's not, I don't. Right? They need some rock solid Christians that will just look people in the face and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You're nothing but a foul devil from the pit of hell. <laughs> you need to get saved. I, 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 my hat's off to our uh, lieutenant governor, Dan Paxson, that they, they were doing an interview on him, and he, they said, well, you know, what needs to happen? He said, well, the, well the people need to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and, and they just persecuted him for that. And I'm like, he really had the right answer. There ain't nothing going to change. Listen to me, you're not going to stop racism. You have to change the heart of man. And the only one that can change the heart of man is Jesus. And until that person gets saved, there's going to be racism in the world. And you're not going to, you're not, nothing you're going to do about it. You ain't going to stop it with penalties or fines or, or whatever you could come up with. Hello? Racism's a problem. It's a matter of the heart. And you cannot change it without the blood of Jesus. People getting saved. But nobody wants to hear that because they're like, oh, you can't do that because, you know, then you're going to offend everybody else out there in the world. Because, you know, you got them over there. They're believing this and they're believing this. And I was like, y'all are wrong and we're right. I don't know what to tell you. Well, that's just you can't be like that. Well, that's what my Bible says. And I, what am I going to do? Just give it up? Or are you going to tell me I got to give it up? You're going to tell me I got to change? Man, I ain't changing. I ain't bowing my knee to nobody but Jesus. And we've got to get a fight down on the inside of us like we've never had before. What do you think the guys in the Alamo felt like when there was 186 or 168, 186? 
186 in the, in the Alamo fighting almost 5,000 Mexicans. How do you think they felt when they were there? Don't you know they looked over the walls of the Alamo and said, Oh, boy, this ain't going to be a very fair fight. You with me? When they looked over the wall and said, uh, you know, odds aren't with us on this one. There's a lot of army over there. What tenacity it took to stay in the Alamo. What tenacity it took to look over that wall and said, oh, if we can buy four, five, six days, maybe it'll make a difference in history. And to have men knowing that they're going to die and standing over there, I mean, they didn't even have any decent guns. Didn't have an extra case of shells. Didn't have a bunch of ARs laying around. We're talking muskets, putting them in there, one ball at a time shooting. The only reason why they were overrun, because, I mean, 4,000 soldiers just running, you can kill a bunch. And we killed a bunch. But, goodness gracious, you're going to get overrun after a while, then it's hand-to-hand combat, and then you're fighting 15 to 1, and you ain't going to make it. But the, just standing there. Do we have that kind of fight for Jesus today? Folks, that's what it's going to take to change America back to where it needs to be. It's going to take that kind of fight to bring this back into a nation that serves God, that says in God we trust. It's going to take that kind of tenacity to stand up in the face and say, look, guys, this is ridiculous. You need to sit down and you need to be quiet. We're this nation is going back to serving Jesus. This is the way it is. And we're going to serve him because we bow our knee to Jesus Christ. He is Lord. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. And when we do something like that, you'll see victory. But right now, Christians are torn. Christians are just, you know, iffy, any, you know, oh, oh, maybe they're in, maybe they're not. Oh, gosh, don't hurt their feelings. Let's just, let's just love everybody. Let's let everybody do everything. Yeah, you're going to get yourself in trouble because you've got no planting, no foundation. You're a potted plant just moving around wherever you want to go. And in some cases, you're just a pot plant. <laughs> Luke 4, Luke 4, 28. Uh, it's one of my favorite scriptures, okay? There, Jesus goes in and Luke 4, the, and, and the, the first part of Luke 4, the devil's tempting him. The devil tempts him and, and uh, you know, uh, he, he, he has victory. Then he goes to church and he preaches a message out of Isaiah, and then they just get mad at him, right? They're just mad at him, and they're going to take him to a brow of a hill and kill him. I mean, can y'all imagine that, folks? Listen to me. Right now, if y'all got mad at me and all y'all just come up here and got hold of me and drug me out and going to shoot me, I would have to stand up at my last breath and say, do y'all realize you're killing me? And it's not the Christian thing to do, and this is church. I would want to bring that to your attention, that you're not being Christian, okay? But here they are in church dragging Jesus out, and they're going to throw him off the brow of the hill. And verse 28 says, So all the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and they rose up to thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on, on which the city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. Then he passed through the midst of them, and he went his way. I mean, when I read that, I'm just like, What? I mean, they've got him. They're taking him out. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. And all of a sudden, he's got somebody else's arm. They're looking at him. Jesus just walks out through the midst of them. What? What happened? It's like they need more detail. Right? This is one verse. That's like, what do you mean? How did he do it? How did he? What? What? I mean, who are they going to throw off? I'm thinking, you know, I get kind of crazy when I think about this story. It's like, you know, they got somebody else. He's got somebody else's arm. He thinks he's got Jesus' arm, but he's got somebody else's arm. And then they're about to throw him off. And the guy's like, wait, it's me. You know, oh, Charlie, I'm sorry about throwing you off the roof, you know. And Jesus just walks in the midst of them, walks in the midst of the chaos. Folks, we're not, but the revelation behind that is that's how we need to be today. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of all the people screaming squirrel, we need to just not be attra- dis- you know, distracted to the squirrel. We just need to walk right through the midst of it. Let them, whatever's going on, just walk right through the midst of them. Just walk on to the midst of them, just get on the other side, just go on down the road. Next town to go preach. Whew. Now, for time's sake here, there. I'll preach really fast. Go to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. 
If you ever want to find a person that was more challenged to bow his knee to somebody else than God is Daniel. Okay, he was a captive taken from Jerusalem when the fall took place, carried to Babylon. Babylon, uh, they they trained him, but he was he was smarter, wiser than everybody else. He he became uh, very prominent. And in chapter six is a story where he's going to be Daniel in the lion's den. Okay, but I want to show you something in here. I'm going to read it because I want you to see it. I'm reading Daniel six verse one. It said it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty thousand. Uh, satraps and over the whole kingdom and over these three governors to whom Daniel was one that the satraps might give an account to them so the king would suffer no loss then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to the settling him setting him over the whole realm so the governors and the satraps sought that to find some kind of charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom but that they could find no charge nor fault because that was because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Now, I got to stop right there for just a second. Now, I, I don't ever mean to get political, but I am right now at this moment. I just want to say one thing because I want it to go on tape and I want everybody to hear it. I, I have to take my hat off to President Trump. I do not agree with everything the man says. I've told you all this before in his tweets. But any man that can still be standing after all of the hurls of abuse and, and, and arrows thrown, spears thrown, and not just get on there right now and just melt down and go crazy and cuss everybody on the face of the earth. Hello? My hat's off to the man. Because if they picked on me as much as they picked on him, I'd have never made it this far, right? He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do what he's doing. He's already a wealthy man. He could have sat back and just let the thing go. So the thing that gets me is it's just like here. Everybody had to go pick out something. They had to make up an excuse. They had to figure out something to try to pull this off because Daniel was a faithful man. He had the, uh, an excellent spirit. And so the same thing was happening to Daniel. They're trying to connive around to try to find something to accuse him of because there wasn't anything to accuse him of. So the governor of Satrap sought to find something. Okay, I read that. Okay, then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged the, the, the king and, and thus said, uh, King Darius lived forever. All the governors and the kingdoms and the ministers, satraps, counselors, advisors, and, and consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitioned any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and the signs in the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed a written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the, the writing was signed, he went home and he was in his upper room. The windows were open towards Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days say it was just everybody say it's my custom it was daniel's custom to go pray three times a day these guys knew it so they knew that they had needed a trapping they were going to catch him in this 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 whatever you want to call it this lie okay to get him in trouble because they knew he was going to go do it now what i want you to see here is daniel wasn't even debating <gasps> oh what am i going to do what am I going to do? He did what he did because it was what he does. It was his custom. It was already ingrained in him. He didn't have to think, well, gosh, if I say this, what if it does it? Because he wasn't going to go against his God. Folks, listen, Jesus needs to be so real in your life that there doesn't, you're not even tempted to go. There's nothing going to tempt you or distract you or take you away from the promises of God because you know they're real. If God said he's going to bless you, he's going to bless you. You say, well, I needed it yesterday. Well, maybe it's here tomorrow. You see, folks, we've tried to determine the faithfulness of God by what has happened in other people's lives and in our own life. And we've never stopped to think that we could have been wrong and they could have been wrong. Like you, like myself, I, I, know, some, I know somewhat about a combustible motor. I have taken a, a, a motor apart before out of a truck. I've dismantled it. I, 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 
I know where I know about rings and pistons and camshafts and crankshafts and all like that, but I don't really understand everything that goes on in there, and I don't really understand how everything technically works, especially in these new vehicles. All right? But I don't even think about that. I just get in my truck, turn on the key, push the button, whatever, start it, and run down the road. Hello? Because they don't really need to know how everything functions there as long as it's functioning. Right? Put, put the diesel or the gas in it and check the oil. Right? I mean, you know the basics. You don't have to know everything about it to run a vehicle. Matter of fact, you can know very little about one to run a vehicle if you just check the right things or know somebody to check it for you. Am I right? Okay, do we know everything about God? Do we understand everything, the ins and outs and everything about the kingdom and how the stars were made and planets and put up and how everything spins and how does gravity work? And do we understand all that? I don't. But I just know this, that I know that his word's true. And I know if he didn't fulfill his word, that he'll cease to exist. And if he ceases to exist, we're all spun out of here anyway. And so I know that if something's not working in my life and I'm not seeing something working, it cannot be his fault. It has to be mine. It has to be my application somewhere. And then just like the other day when the Lord said, you, you, you don't think I can prosper you? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, why, did you be, why were you worried? And I'm like, well, I didn't even really think that was worry. It was more like intense concern. <laughs> you don't know how you do that, you know, so you don't look quite so bad? It was just intense concern, Lord. It wasn't worry. But here's Daniel. He's not even intensely concerned. He's not worried at all. He's going to go do what he does. So they catch him. All right. And so then he goes and says to the king, haven't you signed a decree? And this is the way these things are. So then said that Daniel, who is the one of the captives from Judah, he does not show due regard for you, O king, for the decree that you have, uh, you have signed. Make his petitions. He's making his petitions three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, he was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. So the king realized at this point that they just pulled the wool over his eyes to get him to do this so they could get Daniel. He didn't see what was really coming down the road. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of that junk going on right now in the world. There's all kinds of things going on where somebody's pulling the wool over somebody else's eyes to make something else happen. And they think it's this, but it's not really this, it's that. So the king gave the command. They brought Daniel and they cast him into the net of lions. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God whom you serve continually will deliver you. Do you see what he said? Your God whom you serve continually will deliver you. The king was a faithful believer in the sense that he says, I know Daniel. I know he's faithful to God. And I know that the God whom he serves continually is going to deliver him. Folks, we're in this for the long haul. We're not in this walk with Jesus for just the short temporal, just, oh, Lord, I'm going to believe in Jesus so I won't go to hell, or I'm just going to believe in Jesus so I, I can get healed, or I'm just going to believe in Jesus so I need to have some prosperity. No, we're in this for the long haul. We're his servants. We sold out 100%. Jesus, you're my Lord. What do you call him, Lord? Why do you call him Lord? Why do you call him Lord? Because you're the servant. You're not the equal. You're the servant. Oh, we forget about that sometimes. Whoo-wee. Stepped on at that time, didn't I? So the king went to his palace. He spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. He, for his sleep went from him. The king rose early in the morning, went to the haste, to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying, Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? So he wasn't real. Sure. And Daniel said to the king, Oh, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut them out of the line so that they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him, commanded that they should take Daniel up, and they chunked the other guys in, and they got eaten. End of story. Right? Folks, this is real. Serving Jesus and walking with Jesus is real. When you fall in love with him, you don't think that the promises of God are for you? I mean, my gosh, when you fall in love with him and you sell out your life and your soul to him, you don't really, come on, you don't really get it? That then all the promises are true and your yes and amen to you? You don't really know that he's going to take care of you? And if something's not working your life right, then Find out what's wrong. Find out what you're not doing because he's faithful on his side to do it. 
And all the craziness and the chaos of the world and everything, they just all want to say, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. I mean, nowadays in the world, you say anything, you get in trouble. Everybody claim you're a racist. Everybody claim you're, 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 you're a bad person because you believe the Bible's true. I'm sorry. That's what the Word says. That's what I want to believe. That's what I want to stand on. And I'm not going to bow my knee to anything but Jesus and His Word and what's true. And that's just the end of the story. And you're just going to get over it. Matter of fact, if you don't like it, you probably need to get saved. Find out what I know. Two more scriptures real quick. Genesis 24 and 40. When Eliezer was going to find a, w- a wife for Isaac, and, he, and Abraham sent him, and he said, he, this is the statement he made. Genesis 24, 40, he said, The Lord before whom I habitually and obediently walk will send his angel and make your journey successful. In other words, Abraham said, I walk habitually before God. I walk all the time with God. He will send his angel before you. In other words, God, Abraham had a habit of keeping his relationship with God. Paul, Acts 17, 1. It says, 1 through 3, it says, Now when he had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, and there was the synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his custom was, went into them. Paul had a custom. He had a custom of preaching the gospel. He had a custom of going to church on Sunday. He had a custom that he always followed that he would never get off of. That's why when he was in stocks in the prison, the, sh- the prison was shaken, and the, the jailer gets saved, and all of his family and all the prisoners gets loose because of the earthquake. You fo- follow me, search? You see, if you serve God and you're walking with him and you're, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you are in a position, if you're planted in the house of God, to see the promises of God flourish in your life. But if you're iffy, if you're questioning God, questioning his word, questioning his promises, questioning that what was in here is really true. Folks, we have Christian churches today reading the Bible, looking at it and saying, oh, okay, well, we know it says that, but we're not going to go with that. We're going to go with a different, different scenario here. I saw an article the other day. The Chinese say that the number one problem with, uh, uh, against the Communist Party is the Christian church, and the Christian church is growing in, in China uh, exponentially, and just, just growing and growing. And so they decided that they're going to have to rewrite the Bible. So they've got people in there right now trying to figure out how to rewrite the Bible so that it goes with communism and it can work, so they're going to make their own Bible. So whenever a whole country is going to turn and just change the Bible so then it can meet their needs because you can't agree with it, something's wrong. I believe we're farther down the road than we think we are. I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tomorrow, but I'm just saying I believe we're farther down the road than than maybe we think. And I just don't know because the Bible says that in the last days there's going to be persecution. And I'm just looking for this whole thing to turn and become persecuting of the church. I want the phone call when they call me up and say, Robert, you can't say that. Because then it's black and white. I don't really like messing around this this stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, like in the, on the, the, on the Navy ships during World War II, they had these posters. And, and I saw them when I was down at the Lexington one time going over it. And it, they're like poster boards that they gave the fighters that the, the, the set on the guns of the ships. And, and it was images of aircraft. So you knew which was an American aircraft or which was a Japanese aircraft or whatever, you know. So I got to look at those images and I was just thinking, man, that's not much of a you know, if you don't know airplanes well, you're looking at this little bitty image. It's like, okay, let me see. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Shoot it. You know, I mean, it didn't, that, it just is kind of, it's kind of iffy, you know, but I guess if they're shooting at you, you'd know, obviously shoot back, but just to start shooting because you're just looking at that. And, and, and sometimes I think of it like that, like a Christian walk is kind of like that. You're kind of like, you kind of got it off safety and you're like, ah, am I supposed to shoot that or, uh. You know, it's looking at the Badilla, Dilla, is this really? And so I would just rather it get black and white. You know, just give me a big picture and that's it. Oh, okay, there he is. There he is. Because we tippy toe around trying to, you know, whatever. And I'm just saying, just get planted. 
all of us right now, get planted. If there's any place in your life that you're having trouble with the Bible and its promises or what God says or what God commands or whatever, and you're having some difficulties with it, you need to get it straight with the Lord right now so you can get planted so you won't be taken out. Hello? Amen. And we're going to bow our knee to no one but Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, well, stand up if you would. I want to pray over you. Those of you out listening, watching, listen to me. If you've never bowed your knee to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, then I want to tell you, now's the time to do it. The world's getting crazy. Things are going on. You need to make a decision. And if you've never given your life to Christ, well, then you need to stop and you need to do it right now. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 said, If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that then he will wash your sins away and he will come into your life. You can do that right there in your home. You can do that right there. But don't do it under your breath. Don't do it as a whisper. Do it as an announcement to the world that you are a believer, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that because you believe that, you're planted in the house of God. Can I have my prayer team come down and be up here this, with me this morning? If you're in here, church, and you, 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 you have never bowed your knee to Jesus, you've never committed your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, well, then this is the time. This is the place to do it. These people are up here to pray with you. If you're here today and you just need prayer, they'll also pray with you about that. But these are the days that don't be messing around. Man, don't be messing around. Today's the day that if you're not sure that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life, well, then don't leave this building. Come up here and pray with one of these people. Give your life to Christ. Know that the promises are right. Know that the promises are all yours and that there is nothing that can take you out of it. Amen? Amen. So let's, I'm going to pray over you, but let's go to the Lord in prayer in this as we're dismissed here. And I want to tell you something. God's going to bless you. So, Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, those out there that need to give Jesus their life, right now you just get hold of their hearts. You begin to draw them by the Holy Ghost, and they commit their lives to Christ. Lord, in this building today, I declare that we are going to be firmly planted. Lord, those out there watching wherever they are today, they're firmly planted in you, that we will not be moved off of the rock of Christ. We will not be moved off of the promises of the Word of God. We will bow our knee to no one but Jesus. We will not walk in any other form or fashion but according to what the Word of God says, because, Lord, that's where you are, and that's where the power of God is. So, Lord, I declare today that anybody that's had debates in their minds, anybody that's been swayed one way or the other, Lord, that we get back on track today, that we're 100 percent planted in the house of God, sold out for you. Lord, that we can say you are our Lord and we are your servants. Bless them, Lord God. Bless all of those out watching. And we praise you for them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. We're here to pray with you. If anybody needs prayer, God bless you. Man, I'll see you next week.